take everything I've accomplished in my entire life and condense it down into one day, it looks decent. This is Insert Credit, a video game talk show featuring the incessant interruption of a horrible buzzer. I am the not-dead Alex Jaffe, reporting in from a sort of spring break of scheduling conflicts. This week, our own Esper Quinn has prepared a selection of the finest moments from our program since their editorial duties began. Previously, you could find all of these expertly edited sound bites on our show's Twitter page, but today we're providing them for you in the podcast feed and on YouTube in case you prefer to get your content in a form that apartheid billionaires are not rapidly acquiring as we speak. Next week, we'll have a special episode for you on King of Fighters and the fighting game community featuring Brandon and some of our favorite guests. After that, the regular gang should all be back to business as usual, though we'll do our best to keep you on your toes. Please remember to rate and review our show where possible, subscribe to patreon.com slash insertcredit, and join us on forums.insertcredit.com. Take it away! If you were to establish a national video game-related holiday, what would it be, what would it celebrate, when would it take mm. place, and how would it be practiced? Yeah, dude. Uh, I would make a birthday for uh, Chronic the Hedgehog, and it would be on April 20th. That's good. Yeah. Nice. Uh, right? Can we, do we all concede? We're done here? All right. <laughs> I think we are. Uh, Chronic the Hedgehog. That would be, and yeah, because his birthday is April 20th. Right. All right. Um, that's, that's, I mean, everybody loves him. He's the green hedgehog. Does everybody know that guy? Of course. Everyone drinks well, NOS uh, on that day. I'm Does going NOS still exists? <laughs> Does uh, it? Do they still make knots? I don't think so. I think there's Bang Energy Drink now. That was the one that was at E3 last year. Do we eat Gamer Grub? Is that real? Phil? No. Is there a macaroni and cheese for gamers yet? I'm sure you can <laughs> yeah, get Halo points. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen Super Mario Craft. I absolutely have, yes. No, but is it for gamers? Is it optimized for me? Well, and if it's for gamers, is it also by gamers? That part's important to me. Yeah. Precision engineered by diamond-tipped drills. Diamond-tipped gamers. Shaped optimally to be um, consumed. While all right, so we're, holidays tend to honor history. What would you say was the most volatile partnership in video game history? I, I don't believe that I can't answer the question seriously, but I can say Kingdom Hearts. That is a volatile partnership. Yeah, that's true. Is it a partnership, though? Oh, between Square and Disney? Yeah, Square yeah. and Disney. I mean, the, the, the real problem is that that partnership resulted in Kingdom Hearts, hey, in my opinion. How how chill do you think Disney is with the idea of Square right now? Like, how chill do you think they are? How how often do you think Kingdom Hearts like comes up and someone's like, "Yeah, I know that game." At 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 Disney, like, Disney, how often yeah. do you think someone? There's got to be somebody at Disney whose job it is to just think about Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom right? Hearts. Yeah, like it's some sort of one of the smallest blips on their particular radar at this point. Some kind of an account manager of a sort who's yeah. A junior account manager. I'm thinking there's a guy who looks and talks exactly like Pete Campbell from Mad Men. If you've seen Mad Men, you know who I'm talking about. Pete yeah. Campbell. There's a guy who looks and talks like Pete Campbell, and he's in charge with the talking to uh, Mr. Disney, which is Don Draper, about Kingdom Hearts. And he's <laughs> like, he has to come into Don Draper's office once a week. Don Disney Draper. Uh, dream drop distance. Don Draper Disney. <laughs> he has to come into his office every Ever, like once a week and he has five minutes to brief him on what to, to just keep him abreast of kingdom hearts and he's sitting there just like hung over smoking a cigarette and he's just like okay pete uh, uh that's my don draper impression okay pete and then he tells him to leave and that's it so who's the harry crane of disney in this scenario <laughs> i don't know man harry crane was in firewatch 
Don't kill me. What are some fake video game titles that you would use as set dressing in the TV room of a haunted house? Ooh. Ooh. Oh my god. Murder Zone 15. I'm just I'm just starting this off. Murder How zone. about like Super Mario Bloodacy? Oh. I feel like in these it's so often just just like a murder stabby uh number. Right. Yeah, so I had a dream one time about a game called Mega Blood, which doesn't exist, but <laughs> Mega my Blood. That's yeah, really I love the name Mega Blood. Yeah, Mega Blood's good. I went to the video game name generator, and I promised myself I'd only do one, so I got it. You ready? Yeah. Kill me. Uh, All Star Ghost Total War. It's <laughs> pretty good. Oh, wow. What would an Animal Crossing horror game be called? It's just Animal Crossing, except the S's are sixes. It's maybe <laughs> Animal Crow six six sixing. That's what it is. Yeah. Animal croaking. <laughs> Animal croaking. That's just the frog talking. I want to play a game where I talk to a cool frog. This week's Patreon question oh, uh, no. is from British listener Nathan Roberts. Okay, so hold up. So did this? Did yeah. Nathan Roberts specify in his question? Did he say, "By the way, I'm British"? Yes, he did. But okay, okay. <laughs> Nathan Roberts says, "Here in the UK, our version of game show Family Feud." has the less confrontational name of Family Fortunes. <laughs> what? Family what? Fortunes. Family what? Fortunes. Doesn't what? make sense. What violent-sounding video game names could or should have been charmingly localized for us sensitive British consumers? Oh, nice. Ooh. Doom could be um, Captain Wonderful's Fuzzy Wuzzies or something like I that. I like it. Mortal Kombat is now Mortal Cuppa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, excellent. Get on, Britishes. Twisted Metal, you could call... Um, Dave's roundabout. No, no, yeah. no. Twisted <laughs> metal's Jeffy. called called wacky lorries. <laughs> yeah. Right? Wacky lorries. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty good. Loopy yeah. lorries. Loopy right. lorries. Yeah, I think they'd rhyme it. So. Oh, ye blasted me lorry. <laughs> right? Is that how they would say it? Exactly. Yeah, they'd redub all the dialogue. every voice sample is just replaced Oy, with blasted that. Me lorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you ever go to England and hear someone call a truck a lorry and you're just like, wow, I thought that was a joke. When does an otherwise good video game feel like it's taking itself too seriously? Ooh. Halo has started to take itself increasingly seriously with each episode. And, yeah. you know, by the second one where you got like a underwater octopus going like telling you the lore of the world and you're supposed to understand what oh, that, that guy is. rules though the grave mind but i think taking that seriously is a little um that's a little tough to do mm -hmm. you clearly haven't read the books because you'd be <laughs> eating those words for dinner yeah tell that to eric nyland maybe i will eric i'm coming for you get him on the well, show er eric listens to the show so oh yeah hey eric Halo. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go straight for the Sonic the Hedgehog whenever those games try to be serious. Oh, God. In oh like some Sonic way. Forces. Sonic Forces. Yeah. Where it's like, Sonic's dead. And then five minutes later, actually, he's not dead. He's just in prison. He's being tortured. <laughs> we have to go get him. It's too bad Sonic is being waterboarded. <laughs> Do you think the whole time Sonic is being waterboarded, it goes. <laughs> To borrow a recent popular Twitter format, what isn't a game, but feels like a game? Oh, crikey. That's a huge question. The Xbox 360 Blades menu. <laughs> Walking around in the woods, there, there's a lot of uh, game possibility space. Is it a walking simulator if you're actually walking? No, oh, it's just walking yeah. at that point. Is. What isn't a game, but feels like a game? Assassin's Creed? I don't know. <laughs> is that an acceptable answer? Because of quarantine, I have started sectioning off chores, you know, like changing the fish tank water, which I have to do. That feels 
kind of like a game. Not a very fun one, but a lot of Facebook games feel like that. I time my breakfast every morning. I wake up, I start the water boiling, start the cast iron skillet heating up. I spray it with some cooking spray. I portion out my egg whites. I shake up my vegetable drink, heat up my beans. And I just, I try to have my entire breakfast in, in less than eight minutes. That feels like a game. And you know what? Heck you, if you tell me it's not. Games don't have to be fun. That's and, true. Uh, a lot of the time, they're not. If you had to place five video games on the elemental plinths from the fifth element, <laughs> which would you choose? <laughs> yeah! Oh my god. Are we just putting a game case on here? Yeah, you're we... just putting a game case on there. Okay, so I don't yeah. have to put like a hedgehog on here. No. Okay. Well, Sonic 2 <laughs> yeah. is one of them. Sonic 2 goes on which one? Wind. Wind? Because he's got to go fast. If I remember Captain Planet and the Planeteers, the Planeteer with heart never quite understood his power, but he had a monkey. He had a monkey. Yeah. yeah. So that's probably Donkey Kong Country for heart. I'm going to go ahead and say Earth is definitely Dune, the battle for Arrakis for Sega <laughs> Genesis. <laughs> because that's got some earthy looking sand. Not Dig Dug. Not Earthbound. Earthbound. Earthbound's kind of earthy, but no. It doesn't feel like dirt to me. Water is Echo the Dolphin. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. For heart. Tokimeki Memorial? Yeah, sure. I certainly haven't spent a thousand hours with that video game. Fire? Fire. Fire is Sonic 3 because you can get the fire shield. Which <laughs> five Sonics we put on the... Fire is Sakurazaka Shobotai. Firefighter Simulator. PlayStation 2. Did anybody else ever play that? It should be Burning Rangers. Oh, yeah. No, Sakurazaka Shobotai is better. It's not better. Have you played it? I've only watched a video of it. I've never played it. It rules. It's not better than Burning Rangers. It certainly doesn't have a better theme song. It doesn't have the word burning in it. Any game that has fire on an HDR display is... Uh... Oh, my God. Okay, so we got Tokimeki Memorial. We got Dune. We got Echo the Dolphin. Uh -huh. We got... Uh, what What were our finals for Fire and Air? Skies of Arcadia for Air is good, and Fire... Burning Rangers, or Tim's <laughs> one. Sakura is like a show bow tie is a lot weirder. Yeah, fair enough. You get to showboat, and you get to show a bow tie? Yeah. Come on! <laughs> You've won me over. What can someone say to convince you to play a game in four words or fewer? I will kill you. That is a good argument. If it's a person I hate and they say, I don't like this, I'll be like, yeah, dude, give me that. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I'm all about that spite gaming. If somebody said, I made this game, I'd play it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. There you go. I follow too many game devs on Twitter to still feel <laughs> that way. I hate some games made by people I know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just like people that I know. I just, like, hate their games. You talking about Gunsport? <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, no, not that one. Uh, I mean, some other one. Here's one. This game is unreleased. Oh, this game oh, is yeah. unreleased. This killed the director. <laughs> <laughs> this game killed Kojima. Yeah, yeah, PT. Hideo Kojima died right. making PT. He's been reborn as a different <laughs> individual with slightly different glasses and hair. I got a compelling one. 60% on Metacritic. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, you want four words to get me to play a video game? 60 frames per second. No. Ben Diesel's The Wheel Man. <laughs> there you go. One of my favorite games of all time, and it really sucks. There's not really a Christmas game. Christmas Nights! Yeah, there's Christmas Nights, sure, but there's not really a game people play on Christmas. What would that even be? Christmas Nights! <laughs> no, obviously the real answer is Die Hard Arcade. I'm envisioning this bowling game, but uh, instead of pins, right. they're all L. Okay. And you're Santa, and uh, it's exclusive to the Game Boy Advance. Raw Danger is a, is a very Christmas video game, weirdly, somehow. 
I like the idea of it taking place in a mall and like everyone's trying to have a good time, but maybe like some mystery goes down. I'm thinking of a Yakuza game, but instead of Kamarocho, it's a mall. Yeah, okay. That's cool. Who do you play as? Oh, you play as Rank from Dead Rising, but <laughs> oh, there you, are no yeah. zombies. Frank no Cifaldi zombies. from Dead Rising. Yeah. 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 He's covered some new wars. He's covering the war on Christmas. Hey! Oh. Great Gatsby has finally entered the public domain. Oh, yeah. In the tradition of Konami's The Goonies 2, let's design <laughs> The Great Gatsby 2. Let me hit you with a sales pitch. Only one man has what it takes to become the greatest. It's Gatsby Jr. <laughs> Gatsby's illegitimate child. Son of Gatsby. He's, uh, he's the same age as Gatsby was. It takes place in Gatsby's mansion, which is very much oh, Dracula's dude. castle. Yeah, right. yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so it's so a Metroidvania. I'm into this. It's Gatsby Jr. Mm-hmm. He's coming back to this mansion a hundred years after... It's the Roaring Twenties, the 2020s. It's, it's the 2020s. Mm. He's coming back a hundred years after his great-great-whatever-grandfather Gatsby. His great-great-Gatsby. His great-great-Gatsby. <laughs> it's called the great-great-Gatsby. That's the name of the game. Sean Kernan asks, what's the furthest a parent has gone to get their kid to quit gaming. How would we know that? Um, <laughs> Probably military school, I would guess. Yeah, I have seen videos of dads being like, no tolerance for too much screen time. And, and it's just like a video of them walking into their child's room while they're playing PlayStation and smashing it and just like destroying it and ruining their life. Did you all see that yeah. that story that was in like the New York Times the other day? Oh, I didn't really look at it, but it was there. Well, no, yeah. no. I mean, well, of course, who who would look at it, right? First of all, it's paywall. It's, its existence. The only glimpses we get are from the outside. It looked like a drug ad from the yeah. 80s. Yeah, intervention style almost. And the kid is just like staring ahead like a zombie. And the parents just have these dejected looks on their face. It looks like something from Jam. If that kid went to school still, if that was a thing, he'd never yeah. be able to live that picture down. There is yeah. a quote... From his dad saying, I have failed you as a father. So in other words, what's the farthest a parent ever did to try to get their kid <laughs> front to page stop of the playing New York Times. Front page, <laughs> Jerry, of the New York Times, the paper of record. <laughs> I'm not losing my son to this. That takes us into our lightning round. Uh-oh. Now that we're all experts on the stock market, I'm going to list a series of companies and you're going to advise whether to buy or sell shares in it. Shinra Electric from Final Fantasy VII. Oh, Buy or sell. excellent. I would sell now. Yeah, because something could be <laughs> happening to them. There's these these people out there saying that Shinra is literally stealing the lifeblood of the, the actual of the planet. planet. Yeah. And whether those people are telling the truth or not, whether they're very credible, I don't know. It's still bad press. I would get out of that. Majima Construction from Yakuza. <laughs> Buy or sell. Uh, I think they're a Yugen Geisha, not a Kabushiki Geisha. I don't think you can actually invest in them. But if you could, I would say buy yeah. because I think they could expand. WarioWare Incorporated. Oh, the <laughs> no. Mega Micro Games? Uh, that guy's always going to figure out how to make money. Yeah, I mean, I if you he's... can afford it, you should buy. What are the greatest lengths to which you have ever gone to play a particular video game? There was a version of SimCity for the 8-bit Nintendo that... Uh, you could, you could argue I wanted to play, but really I wanted to preserve. I wanted people to have discovered because a former Nintendo employee brought it into a shop. They announced that they would be attending a convention in order to start entertaining offers. And I set up an entire museum display of unreleased NES games as a honeypot 
trap <laughs> in order to make him like me and the idea of preserving his game as opposed to selling it to the highest bidder and then spent three days at the show in intense negotiations while someone who had flown in was also haggling with these two in an attempt to purchase the game for a five-figure sum and then bring it back home and never share it. I did all of that and acquired the game and played that because that's how bad I wanted it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. That's some great lengths. I could probably beat that. (laughs) (laughs) Previously on Insert Credit, I asked, if you could send three portable games with one device to everybody in the world, what would they be? This time, however, I'm going to specify that the device is a Game Boy Color. I'm going to include for the frog, the bell tolls. Oh, I knew Um, this was going there. People aren't really fluent in finding ROMs or using an emulator. So if I could just kind of hand everyone that game, I think people would find joy in that game. I will say the only reason I haven't played that game is because no one's handed it to me. There you go. I recently found a game called Nobo, which I didn't know about. And it's a bright yellow cartridge and it's got a massive smiley little friend on it. And it's great. You know, it doesn't play very well, but it looks so cute. Uh, you can put a whale in a bucket. So I think that's... <laughs> yeah, I think it. everyone in the world needs to put a whale in a bucket. And it's a massive whale in a tiny bucket. I don't know how it works. I might send a Pokemon to everyone in the world just because be it good. feels nice. They get to have a big adventure. I think that's our three then. Pokemon, Nobo, and for whom the frog bell tolls. I love this, actually. It's, good, a, really... it's a good list, actually. Yeah. yeah. Hours of entertainment. I'm going to give you a series of titles, and you have to come up with a game based on the name alone. This week, we're covering the greatest plays of Tennessee Williams. Your first game is Night of the Iguana. Um, It's (laughs) It's a Gex sequel. (laughs) (laughs) A streetcar named Desire. This is Crazy Taxi, but you're a streetcar. But you can talk and everyone's like, oh, hey, Desire has a gun. (laughs) The Glass Menagerie. Uh, You know, when you're watching the IGF and then the student games come up. Yeah. And there's like these really ambitious students doing something about like a, it's in a museum and it's all yeah. about feelings. And you're like, why haven't I heard of this? Uh, yeah. It feels like one of those. <laughs> and finally, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, that's uh, uh, Night in the Woods. <laughs> I yeah. guess it is. If there was a Friends video game, what would the strats be to speedrun it? Uh, well, first of all, there is a Friends video game on the PlayStation 2. Okay. Ignore that one. It's just a trivia game, but it's real. I think the strat for speedrunning that one would be to know all the answers to the yeah. questions. There you go. Next I, question. Oh, you're speedrunning this topic. You might be able to get people in a uh, breakup, makeup loop, place the right objects around them. Like a thing that made Rachel mad, but there's a thing that makes Ross remember how good they were together. Oh, now it's like Pac-Man 2 style, where right. you have to like place things in their way. I don't remember the, the name, but there's a little monkey in like the first two seasons. Uh, Marcel. I think a speedrun strat would be to not trigger the cutscene where the monkey dies, yeah. uh, so that you could continue using monkey strats for the rest of the game. Oh, uh, yeah. Mm. So technically to speed up a sitcom, what you'd have to do is have the characters all be more well-adjusted, just be sort of reasonable, normal people who go to work and don't have a lot of free time. And then all the plots, you can just skip all those. And your life would not be a joke and you wouldn't be broke. Yeah, you have a lot of money and monkey strats. This next question comes from Daniel R., who asks, The hottest game coming out this fall is Steampunk 1877. What are some of the selling points? The major selling point 
for me is that it's not actually a steampunk game. <laughs> the only way to get us on this show to acknowledge this game. You can choose from over 150 top hats. Yeah. Do you think um, people who like steampunk also want to romance a Dracula? Yes. Okay. There's yeah. some overlap there. Yeah. Yeah. They'll probably have that in there. In-game currency is coal. Yeah, they use coal in a steam <laughs> no, train. Like, right? I, I like the idea of the currency being monocles. <laughs> I want to reverse steampunk where all the people are made of brass and they create contraptions out of meat and flesh. I love it. It's horror-style steam world dig. I think we've hit on our next project. I'm getting to work on it right Let's now. Let's assemble the team and work them way too hard. We are going to help design the perfect romanceable alien NPC in a sci-fi role-playing game. The key is that they have to appear distinctly inhuman while still being attractive. Humans like round shapes okay. when it comes to sexiness. Well, like mermaids are sexy, right? Yeah, roundness. We like sleekness. So I think it's got some globe-like <laughs> structures on it <laughs> okay, somewhere. So I'm picturing an orb now. I'm into it. Could have something like an hourglass figure in a dress, except that it's not a dress. It's just what they look like. So they're literally hourglass shaped. You're all wrong. Okay. If you want to make your alien sexy, the first thing you have to do is flange their voice. You have mm. to give them a sexy voice, like something like, uh. Mm -hmm. Okay. It has to have like appendages to hold you with. It has to be human sized. I think it also needs to have some suggestion of an opening. Like it could have like a <laughs> tentacle arm. No, 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 no. We're done. Like a... <laughs> buzzer, buzzer, buzzer. Yeah, you're done. Buzzer. You're done. Okay. Which game series have the most interesting naming and numbering conventions? Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, yeah, that was gonna that was gonna be yeah. my answer too. Oh, how about Lemmings? Because Lemmings is Lemmings, and then oh no, more Lemmings. Right. I mean, we've also got that new Nier that came out. If you if you want to type the full title, you gotta take a weekend. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of numbers on it. Ultimately, what you need to get to is so where you have Driv three R, but you start with Drawunver, uh huh, and uh, Drive two, and then Borer, right? Right. Okay, so to do that, we need a game with an I or an L, Z for two, okay. an E, and an A in the title for four. It's like Frasier, but it's spelled all crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good. yeah. The, the Frasier Tetralogy. We could do yeah. that. This person has been working on a Sonic Shuffler, which swaps games whenever Sonic gets a ring. What do you think would be another game? that would be either good or infuriating to do something like this too. You could take all six Mega Man games on the NES and add some portals in there and, and do that. That's a joke because I did that in case <laughs> yes. it didn't come across. Yeah. Ah, I would make it a sort of punishment where you're encouraged to avoid collecting coins because if you do, you're transported into a much worse game. Say uh, Super Mario 64. If you collect 10 coins, you're transported into Banjo-Kazooie. And you can't go back until you get a jiggy. I like Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> <laughs> I would think it would be really irritating if it were a bunch of different racing games oh, at wow. like different speeds where every time you make contact <laughs> with another yeah. racer. If every time you shot a weapon in Doom, you got switched to a different Doom, that would be a fun kind of maddening. I was thinking take uh, some of those three-on-three -three fighter games where uh, you can hit a button to swap your fighter. But instead of swapping the fighter, it swaps you into a different fighting game. So oh, that's pretty good. Both fighters have control over that, and you're essentially playing three fighting games against them at the same time. What defining element of a video game series do you wish that the developers would be more flexible with? 
Does every Zelda game still shriek at you if you're about to die for like yes. 10 yes. minutes? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They should stop that. I was thinking about the dynamics Nintendo applies to Link and Zelda and Ganon. It's always a very rigidly defined mm. uh, relationship between those characters. It's the reason Nintendo won't let Link be a girl. You want Ganon to be the hero so we can have Wicked the Zelda version. Yeah, I, what I want is Shadow the Hedgehog, and uh, we give him a gun, <laughs> and... Uh... And there are 157 endings. Exactly, yes. Are there a lot of endings to Shadow the Hedgehog? Yes. There are, yes. yes, there are yeah. hundreds of endings to the Shadow the Hedgehog series. Too and many. It's something like hundreds? 326 total pathways in Shadow the Hedgehog. I love that for Shadow the Hedgehog, specifically yes. the character, not the game. I love that for Shadow. <laughs> That's 322 sequels to imagine that will never happen. Exactly. About 20 years ago, Microsoft had a meeting with Nintendo to see if they were interested in selling their company. They were laughed out of the room. How would games be different now if Nintendo were more open to the idea? I can't imagine Nintendo not being in control. It's like, what if fish didn't exist? It's like, I don't know how to imagine that. <laughs> You'd get Mario on the Doritos bag instead of Master Chief. Sure. Mario Mountain Dew. Mario Mountain Dew. You'd get Master Chief in Super Smash Brothers. Instead of Dead or Alive, that's true. Or you get Mario in Dead or Alive. No. <laughs> <laughs> Master Chief can flip tanks. It's not really fair to put him in a fighting game. Kirby could handle it. Kirby could handle it. I think where we would have seen the biggest change is with what would become the Wii and the Nintendo DS. That may not have come to pass then. We may not have had the era of motion controls and dual screens. And having used a Microsoft Surface, I know that if they developed a portable unit, it would just sound like an airplane at all times. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which makes it a great pilot wing system. We would have had Mario on the Zune. Yeah. yeah. The Mario. That's the answer. That's the exact answer. We're done. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> when in a video game does it feel like... Uh-oh. Huh? Guys, I'm sorry. Question I was about to ask is canceled. I've just been informed that it's time for an improv zone. No. Oh, no. Sorry, it's out of my oh, hands. No. Kelsey, you are leading a tour through the Video Game History Museum. Frank, you're the member of the tour group who thinks he knows more than the guide. Brandon, you're the member of the tour group who keeps asking extremely stupid questions. This is the improv zone. Go. First up in our exhibit over here, we've got the beginnings of Nintendo. They were founded in 1889. Is Mario here? So Nintendo, right, that was actually uh, the first company to do an arcade game. This is before the concept of arcades is really a thing. We're, we're still in the 1800s. So does anyone know where Nintendo got their name? Yes, it means to be the best in, in Katakana. That... <laughs> That's very close. Uh, uh, the name of Nintendo is actually a kind of a contested thing. Did Nintendo make the PlayStation? Um, actually, yes, they did. Uh, but it was canceled uh, in 1992. Wow. Let's move on to um, one of Nintendo's first really successful products. This one here is called the Ultra Hand. Um, this was designed by a fellow by the name of Gunpei Okoi. Oh, yes, of course. Gunpei Yukoi, who uh, uh, started life as a janitor, actually, uh, at Nintendo. Uh, he was a, an electrical engineer, actually, um, sort of a maintenance man. On How the do point. you engineer electricity? Very carefully. I'm taking notes, just to be sure. <laughs> I can talk to you after. I really want to be in the video game industry. I really feel that I have a lot of good ideas. Oh, yeah, me too. <laughs> Can realistic human jumping be fun in a video game? If Bennett Foddy did it, probably. Yeah, I like that answer. There could be a sim element where you have to like manage if you break your ankle or like injure oh, yourself. Nathan Drake's unlimited stamina in 
Uncharted, he's like the best climber in the universe. He can climb and he never gets tired. But if there were a game where you got tired and you had to like go to sleep for eight hours because we're really going realistic, I, I would not enjoy. Unless it's a funny game where the point is to like injure yourself. Or... Yeah, yeah. Right. I guess there's also sports games like jumping in a basketball game or in even like Tony Hawk. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the answer for what exists now. Maybe not in NBA Jam. Maybe not NBA Jam. No. Now that you're back, Frank, we have to address the current state of the speculator market. We've been holding back on it. My dad is sending me articles about it. What exactly is going on here? Is it tax fraud or money laundering or what? I can only give you my theory that is completely unsubstantiated. A group of collectors, we don't know how many, made a point of identifying this game, Mario 64, and buying every shrink-wrapped copy that came up, putting one in Heritage once they'd had a good stockpile, and bidding against each other until it was a million-dollar game. And now they have a stockpile of million-dollar games. That was my guess as well. That is a good theory because my dentist went to a barcade once, and he was talking about Mike Trout baseball cards. And now this one guy made a fortune off buying all of the Mike Trout baseball cards mm-hmm. and then cornering the market on it and how he was interested in doing that with, I believe, Cheetah Man 2. The Mike Trout of video games. Yeah. So Cheetah Man 2 is an NES game that technically was never available, but was manufactured and copies just kind of made their way out eventually. A friend of mine, Adam, was offered in the late 90s before any had, had really leaked out to buy the entire quantity of, of I believe, 20,000 of them for a dollar each. There is a stockpile of those somewhere. So don't oh, invest yeah. in Cheetah Man. <laughs> no, <too>. no. <laughs> You're all working as a team to come up with 30 weed themed parodies of video game titles. Okay, Smokey <laughs> Bong Bluntry. One. Uh, we already have uh, Bong's Adventure and Super Bonger Man. Yeah. Two, three. Blaze Green has always been a go-to for us fighting game players. Four. Mm. I mean, Chronic the Hedgehog, we got... Sure, I'll count it. Five. Chronic Trigger. Chronic Trigger count. Six. I'm going to go through a list of ones that I have come up with by myself in the past. All right. Okay. Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Grass. Seven. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Link's Abakening. Eight. Legend of Zelda, Bong Hit Princess. Nine. Legend of Zelda, Smoke Arena of Time. Ten. Legend of Zelda, Mary Jane's Mask. Um, 11. 11. Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Weed. 12. Legend of Zelda, The Mind Baker. 13. <laughs> Legend of Zelda, 420 Swords Adventures. 14. Um, Le- Legend of Zelda, The Hashish Cap. Uh, I'm not counting that one. Okay, you don't have to. Uh, Zelda, The Bonged of Gamelon. That's 15. Oh, Legend of Zelda, Highward Sword. Yeah, 16. Uh, Link's Grass Bowl Training. (laughs) (laughs) 17. We're over halfway home. Which six C-list video game villain would you recruit for a government black ops team? I'm getting a phone call from my good friend, Scam Likely. Um, probably gonna pick that one up. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, Scam Likely's in there, probably. C-list makes it kind of hard, because, like, if I'm thinking of, like, villains that I think that are, like, lame, Wesker, but then he's not C-list, right? People would consider him, like, really high tier. I've got one, which is my own game, Gunhouse. The final villain is Peter Molyneux. What can he bring to the table of the Black Ops team? He eats children, and he's got a turtleneck. That'll come in handy. He could probably talk his way out of a situation uh, by making you feel sad about your dog. I don't even know where to begin. we'll, We'll choose something from your game. Fire. Oh, I suppose. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I suppose that game does have a villain who's incredibly below tier, I think, on the list of video game villains. Sad man hides in woods 
and yeah. is sad and makes you sad as well. Kind of present an existential. The um, serial killer from Heavy Rain. Oh, um, that's a good one. And this is spoiler territory, but you should play this game because it's absolutely garbage. It's hilarious garbage. Is that you play <laughs> that character and you can see his thoughts. So that means that anytime you're holding his thoughts, he's very consciously not thinking about the fact that he's the villain, <laughs> which I find really, really funny. And also that whole game makes no sense anyway, but the villain in that game sucks. Everything about that game sucks, but it's kind of an amazing experience. I've got a series of random letters. You have to come up with a video game title that those letters stand for, and then tell me what the game's about. I like it. Your first game is O. F-G. Okay. Well, okay is not the first letter. Original Funtime Gangsters. <laughs> What's this about? It's a Yakuza prequel. <laughs> oh. Yeah. D-N-N-G. Duke Nukem's Nukeming Guns. <laughs> uh, We're halfway there. A-G. Assassin's Creed. It's a... Uh... Oh. I like that. You're just like taking the purses off people and you're like, maybe I'll assassinate him later. T-U-H-P-U. <laughs> the whole last of us. <laughs> That's nothing. Y S C B A. You scared Caroline. Bastard. <laughs> I was gonna say bastard too. Okay, we can all agree the B stands for bastard. Bastard Academy. Bastard Academy. I want to play that game. Oh yeah, you know, forget the Y YSC's Bastard Academy. It's Young Spoiled Children's Bastard Academy. Oh, excellent. <laughs> yes. Wow. That is the best one of any of them. Uh, this next question is from Gaga Geens. What are some of the most effective, or at least the most amusing, developer or development team self-insert characters? such as Toby Fox's dog avatar in Undertale, Kojima in MGS Ground Zeroes, or uh, Madeline from Celeste being a manifestation of Matty Thorson. Those are all kind of silly, and so that means the best one is David Cage coming in at the beginning of a game to be like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Play me game! Like that. Yeah. <laughs> Waving yeah, like around that. that baguette at the camera. Yeah. <laughs> no, the best one is Max Payne. Come on. Number yeah. one best one. I mean, Absolutely. he should just be called Sam Lake. He shouldn't even have the name. <laughs> Furthermore, just to add right to the end here, they should just change the name of Tom Cruise's character in all the Mission Impossible movies to Tom Cruise. They should. 100% yes. Yeah. Here's a question. Why don't you design a new item for Mario Kart? Okay. I'm going to design one that turns all the characters into characters from Hudson games. So like Bonk is there. Bomberman is there. Yeah. What does that do mechanically? Makes me feel more like playing it. <laughs> if it were the 90s, you would have one that reverses everyone's controls. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or something where like it's now it's upside down and it's harder to do. But that's not a, that's not fun and nobody likes it. I think what they're missing is summoned. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Say more. I think you should be able to summon elder gods who uh, open the sky up in really elaborate cutscenes. And it's like Zeus, like literally Zeus just yeah. like opens the sky like, like it's curtains and he yeah. like peeked in, right? You're like freaking Poseidon, like with a giant yeah. wave. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're inventing a Hades cart right now, which I would <laughs> yes. play. Time for us to run an improv zone. Uh, Sony is broadcasting their 2021 PlayStation Showcase. Since we're missing it, we're going to imagine what's happening right now. I'm expecting big sequels, IP adaptations, quirky indie titles, and updates on ongoing projects. Here we go. We heard the outcry from fans. 
that, uh, you know, Spider-Man Miles Morales, not a real sequel. We have created an entire sequel, calling it Spider-Man 2. It is done. It is gold. And uh, we've also canceled it. So nice. it's never going to come out. <laughs> Second announcement of the day is a big one. We're no longer going to call ourselves Sony Computer Entertainment. We're going backwards, folks. We are ImageSoft from this day forward. Thanks, Frank. Uh, picking it up from there, we heard that you wanted more hardware. You can't get enough PlayStation 5s. So we thank you for buying all the ones that you have. But it seems to us that the handheld market is wide open right now. That's why we're announcing the PlayStation Vita 2. You might call it the 2, but it's actually more like the PlayStation Vita 3D. It's a sphere, and it's all touchscreens. Just touchscreens all over the place. It's got rear touch, it's got front touch, it's got side touch, it's got touch everywhere. That's the PlayStation Vita 2 slash 3D. No, it's the ImageSoft 3D. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Uh, we're going to be bringing Spider-Man 2 to the platform and canceling it there as well. Uh, we know you're looking forward to that. And picking up from there, we are now the tenders to Evo. And because of that, all of our games are now esports. We've heard the cries that you want more and more esports. So now everything is an esport. Uncharted, which you see behind me right here, that is esports. All these uh, VR games that are coming out, those are all esports. So esports for everyone. And uh, we're going to announce also that we're bringing back Ape Escape esports. Sincerely, Stony Image Soft. It's time for yet another improv zone, everybody. Oh, oh, no. Our Sony presentation in the last episode we recorded was so successful that all of you were asked to represent Nintendo at the Surprise Nintendo Direct. So I want you to provide us with a look at what's coming from all of our uncles who work at Nintendo. Here For the first 40 minutes, we're going to be talking about Smash. We got one new character. He's an anime and he's got a sword. And uh, his hair is blue this time. Here's 40 minutes about the very specific mechanics of it. Please enjoy. Hello. Did you enjoy what you've seen so far in this presentation? <laughs> Do you enjoy this plant that is sitting in the corner of the room? Up next, we have five different indie games that will allow you to be a small business tyrant and lord <laughs> over your small town. All right, guys, it's me, Dogs Bowser. Uh, you remember me, all the gags about being called Bowser. Well, you've all been excited about the fact that we have a new controller coming. You've been talking about that FEC filing and all that. It is, in fact, the return of the Wii Pulse Oximeter. That's Woo! right. You stick your finger in the thing, and it's going to tell you how ah, much oxygen is back. in your blood. And the only game it works with is Dr. Mario, and he simply informs you how to deal with your COVID symptoms. This is a question we previously addressed in episode 200, but we were paid extra by a listener to revisit the question more seriously because we kind of dismissed it the first time around. What is the Mamma Mia, as in the ABBA jukebox musical, of video games? You know what the answer was the first time? Uh, it was Mario saying spaghetti. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's quality. Can we just answer that again? <laughs> Who would be the worst video game character to sit next to on an international flight? Leisure suit, Larry. <laughs> mm. I was one. just going to go with like the largest possible video game character, like Kraid. Not going to get any leg room there. There's got to be characters that are just on fire all the time, right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be the worst, like chatty catchphrase? Yeah, I was going to say it's Gex. Yeah, he wouldn't just like answer for which drink he wants. You know, yeah. yes, 
Do you want the white or the red, sir? Oh, could you check in the cellar? <laughs> yeah. Gex. Friggin' Gex. There's a fly in my salad. More, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. You're allowed to pass into the final vestibule, which will take you to Gamer Dracula's throne room. I love a good vestibule. But with its dim lighting and jump scare concealing corners, you must tread carefully towards your destination as you consider how do video games invoke horror in a way that other mediums cannot? I mean, the main thing is you got to do it yourself. Yeah. Thinking of a moment at Silent Hill 2 where it's like there's a hole and you have to reach inside of it. Yeah. Literally all you do is press a button, but you have to press that button. And then you got to watch him slowly reach in there. And also now <laughs> like, that you pressed that button once, that that's your arm now. You know, and like that, right. that's kind of magic. The only time I've ever thrown a controller in my life wasn't even a horror game. It was Metal Gear Solid on the original PlayStation. And I got <laughs> seen after like five minutes of not being seen. And that stupid, you know, <laughs> sound goes off. And I, I, I lost it. The controller, I didn't throw it across the room. I, it was one of those. I was very scared and I popped it up and it hit the ceiling and then <laughs> fell and hit the ground. I was so, I was so terrified. Man, you had a real uh, cartoon moment there <laughs> yeah. oh i did yeah <laughs> if you had a bow tie it would have spun right off yes now that dune is a hot commodity in the cultural landscape again it's time to bring back dune video games how would you take the series where it's never been before cooking mama with the the spices no sure that's my that's yeah. my dune yeah you know i think that we could also do a second concept for the more casual audiences and we just make that box that hurts your hand when you put it in there yeah, yeah. perfect and we could sell it for the Intellivision Miko. Yeah, they're already making eight of those boxes. You could absolutely do a sandworm stealth game. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking about. You got to walk irregularly so that you don't make regular footfalls. You got to put the thumpers down. I'm seeing a lot of Death Stranding parallels. Yeah, this one's called Death Sanding. In this improv zone, one of you is an unpopular but extremely dedicated Twitch streamer. The other two of you are the channel's only two viewers who are very active in the chat. Who do you guys want to see in Fortnite? You want to see me play as Ninja? Wait, is that possible? Pickle Rick, Pickle Rick. Dude, <laughs> did you see that Pickle Rick episode? OMG, I love it. My wife hates when I put it on. It was Poggers. Are you doing any giveaways today? Oh yeah, where's my free codes? I've got a used copy of Dead Rising on my Xbox 360, and I've got a priority mail envelope. Cool, give me your address. Yo, you know what they should add to this game? Let you wear, like, Mega Man boots? That would be good. It would take them five minutes to implement it. Why haven't they done I it? I lost that game of Fortnite, by the way. We're trying to roll up this. <laughs> we're trying to roll up. <laughs> I didn't even know what I was doing. Speaking of Minnesota, do you guys want to see the house I might be buying? Why would you move there? It's beautiful. Also, <laughs> I can get this house for the price of a two-bedroom apartment on my block. Tim, here's yeah. the problem with this house that I'm seeing. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's the problem? Go on. Go on, Brandon. <laughs> tell, us, tell us the problem with this six bed, seven bath, uh, 10,631 square feet house. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah let's hear it. You know, I'm looking at the exterior. I'm looking yeah. at uh, the interior. I'm looking at the little balcony deck that it's got. And I'm looking at it's got some sort of mm -hmm. like plaza zone almost. The big problem is that Captain Hitman from Hitman is going to come and murder you while you're just walking <laughs> around in here doing your AI routines. I've looked at it on uh, Google. 
Google Street View, and it has a, a rooftop that can be jumped onto from the rooftop across the street. I mean, or this is 100%. Yeah. You're asking to be Agent 47. In case anyone is listening, no, I'm not moving to Minneapolis, Minnesota. I made it one joke about it, then I whipped open Zillow, and I found a Hitman level in one click. <laughs> And I was like, ah, man, I gotta live here. There's four kitchens in this house. Why? If you could clone one person a hundred times to make an entire game development team, who would it be? Toby Fox. You obviously need someone who's an all-rounder. Yeah, exactly. You can't say a hundred Shigesato Itoi's, for example. No, Love that guy. Not. Popularized the use of reusable grocery bags. Beautiful guy. Beautiful man. And he's, you know, responsible largely for three of the best video games of all time, I'd say. Most of the all-rounders are, the world doesn't want a big Jeff Minter game. <laughs> yeah, no. like a game made by a hundred Minters. <laughs> yeah. Brandon, I know you haven't played Undertale, right? No, I played through about half of it. So how about that music, though, right? Can't disagree about that music. I can't. Lord. I'm a little jealous of it, actually. He made that game, and, and now he can just kind of do whatever he wants. Man, you are two white guys who learned Japanese, went exactly. to Japan, met a whole bunch of Japanese game developers. Right. There's a guy who god darn obliterated us. Who, who musashied our Kojiro, <laughs> completely yeah. obliterated every single aspect of yeah. my personal dreams. Yeah, everything I was trying to do. <laughs> right? We went ahead and did like it. Like 100%. Oh, uh, you got salieried. Anonymous asks, what is the Anna Karenina of video games? Anna Um, uh, The Witcher 3, because it's got a love story. That's a joke. I don't know. It's something from Russia? Stalker? Metro? Yeah, that's the Russian game, right? That's, yeah. that's the Russian game. Uh, you wanted me to just list games that might have been made in Russia? Uh, <laughs> Did you also, Frank, go to the Russian consulate? To, oh, for yeah. That? What was the name of that company? 1C. 1C, yes. Russian Russian computer game company. Yeah. We saw them very proudly display Ill to Sturmovich, which was like <laughs> dogfighting game for like PC, I think. Oh. Well, I mean, the, the one that stuck out for us was Rig and Roll, which was... Uh, <laughs> Rig and yeah. Roll? Rig yeah. and Roll. Yeah, you're, you're a trucker making deliveries, but also, like, there's heavy rock music, and, and it's got some Grand Theft Auto-ness to it. Guys, 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 what are we doing here? It's Tetris. Oh, yeah, it's Tetris. Tetris. It's uh, unhappy families are all the same, and happy families are all the same, too, but uh, the unhappy families are different, something like that. Is that how the book starts? That's a joke. I, of course, I've read that Wait, book. Wait, I think actually, to get it a little closer to uh, Anna uh, Karina and uh, um, maybe it should be Hattress. Well, <laughs> oh, Hattress. There's some hats in there. Yeah. Sure. Which video game characters would you invite to a potluck dinner, and what would they bring? The main character of the game, Days Gone. He could probably make some pretty decent ribs. He would bring them, and he would put them down and go, ugh brought some ribs he yeah. would be very exasperated about them he would bring a big old pot of uh of donkey ribs probably i think that's what they eat is that the <laughs> meat they eat in days gone they eat donkeys you ever have donkey ribs chris Graff? you ever smoke those no no donkey is pretty close to a horse in my opinion <laughs> a lot of people's opinions actually did i tell you about when i tried to get donkey milk in croatia Ooh, was it delicious well what happened was i was in a cafe and I was yeah. looking at the the list of all the things. And I was like, well, I can't drink this, can't drink that. Oh, let me check this one out. And then it was like donkey milk. And I was like, uh, I got to get that. <laughs> and yeah. I, I was with Swery. And he's like, don't drink that. I was like, no, I have to. I've never, I've never had donkey milk. Swery's telling you to not drink donkey milk? He told me not nuts. to drink donkey milk. What a loser. I called the lady over. 
And I was like, I'm going to have this donkey milk. And she looks at me and kind of laughs. And she's like, we don't have that. Nice. (laughs) Winter storms, (laughs) supply constraints. Frank, how are you going to upset us this round? Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Go wild. (laughs) Go bonkers. The ZX Spectrum, because so it was like the system that most kids owned. You know, they used for more than just playing stuff. They used it for making stuff. Uh, And they pirated the heck out of games. Maybe I just kind of wish that I had had that instead of like the NES or whatever. Well, I was going to say it'd make me a more interesting person, but God, those games are pretty terrible. I played a couple games on it uh, because Bennett Foddy uh, made fun of me once for having never played games on a ZX Spectrum because he said American people have played too many Japanese video games and not enough British video games. Debatable. I'll be God darned if all them games didn't suck. (laughs) Some of them were so bad. It's a computer that is full of mystery. I look at the colors on that thing and I'm like, why is it like that? Yeah, whenever somebody explains the colors in the ZX Spectrum to me, I have to say, Oi, Gov, are you having a laugh? And the answer is yes. What are the killer apps on the Spectrum? Like Binky's, Boncos, uh, <laughs> Honk Honk, <laughs> Me Bum's a Governor, no! Elevator Mates. <laughs> Lift Mates. <laughs> Lift Mates. We haven't gotten a chance yet to talk about the Microsoft Blizzard Activision King Amalgam. My question is, how screwed are video games? Uh, i'd say kind of consolidation in general is not particularly friendly toward innovation but uh what i worry about specifically as an independent game developer myself microsoft is buying this probably weighing the cost of putting all these things into game pass because ultimately microsoft wants to sell game pass and be the like the subscription service netflix of video games if things continue to trend toward subscriptions being the only way to guarantee to make money on a video game there are going to be dramatically fewer slots for us if you know your call of duties and even like candy crushes and stuff are launching into game pass i agree that it's it's kind of scary for innovation and stuff like that i think it might make the business a little less scary it might make it a little more predictable but you know, at the cost of being consolidated to these mega corporations. Yeah, I mean, it'll be scarier for me because I won't be in it. I don't know. Like, I, I think, like, look at all the garbage that's on Netflix right now. When you have millions and millions of subscribers, you only need to hit, like, a pretty small target to make a show make sense, it seems like. Of the friends that I know that make movies, which are quite a few, none of them have received money from going on to Netflix. It hasn't been real business for any of my filmmaker friends i don't really think anything's going to meaningfully change i I think i agree with him it's not going to be the substantial change it's just uh it feels a lot more real because it's big but i don't think we're gonna as consumers see a huge shift soon i I remember when microsoft bought activision uh, the top trending topic on my twitter was square enix yeah and it was dude sony should buy square enix now as a retaliation it's like oh we don't need to retaliate no we don't need to consolidate further they practically own square enix already anyway final fantasy 16 is not going to be on the xbox i think the only uh, reasonable humorous response is to purchase bungie Mm. oh that would be actually quite funny what was the 
state of video games during the second console generation. Which one was that? So we're talking 70s? We're talking like uh, the Atari 2600, the Magnavox Odyssey 2, Intellivision, ColecoVision. Yeah, uh, the state was kind of boring, I think. Man, I think I think we can say now that people tried a lot of stuff and that was great and it was cool how people could make games by themselves and it's really neat what things people did to push the hardware of the time. But most of those games aren't very fun to play today. No, they're not. I tried to play some games of that era with some sort of a explorer's interest somewhat recently, and they, they suck, man. Who cares? It's also interesting because, like, no one knew what a controller was yet. So yeah. Oh, yeah. It's interesting, the experiments that... Ha- like, we'll, we'll never get stuff like that ever again, except it's, you know, maybe just a novelty, but there wasn't, like, an accepted this is how controllers work yet. I mean, Fairchild F especially is weird, twisty, knob, rod thing. Yeah, the Intellivision disc. That was a weird one. Like, why was it a disc? <laughs> Tommy Tallarico once told me, first year he was talking about the Amico, that he did an extensive market test to show that people really love the Intellivision disc, and I did not and still do not believe him. I know we make fun of Tommy Tyler a lot, but he's absolutely right. Yeah. Beautiful disc. Uh, all my friends love it. They're talking about it <laughs> yeah. down at the corner store. He said that was the easiest thing for like a grandma to understand was the disc. Oh, yeah. Like her collection of rare plates. Mm-hmm. Similar. People were trying anything and everything. I always like to talk about how Quaker Oats tried to make some video games. I thought it was pretty cool how Quaker Oats teamed up with uh, Trent Reznor to make that one game. Oh, yeah. That one. Um, yeah. What was it called? Oh, Quakerina. <laughs> Quakerina. <laughs> Talking about games that I am glad people are trying to make, regardless of whether they succeed, Balan Wonderworld. Oh, oh God. So it looks weird. It sounds really weird. Like they they went for this musical theater idea and the musical theater is just like not very good. I think the real mistake they made was putting that demo out. Mm -hmm. They went with the most boring, flattest, least interesting level first so that you could get used to playing the game. And then they did a bunch of interesting stuff later. And yes, this game is a failure, but it is a failure after really trying to do some weird stuff and actually slightly succeeding at some of it, it's it's very Dreamcast game. It's got all these problems, oh, yeah. but it's interesting and you're like, why did someone do this? That's my favorite question. You know what? Can we just say it? This is probably the last game Yuji is ever going to make. Yeah. He almost got there, created Sonic the Hedgehog. He never exactly set the world on fire. I mean, he's from the old school where you could engineer innovation. You know, like, yes, and he was trying to. We're just not in that world anymore. You can see all of that history in this video game, and when you learn more about its creation, it's like there, there are these bizarre CG sequences. And if you look into the development of the game, originally it was just going to be illustrations, like a storybook. But then the CG team was like, we want to work on this. Like once you get halfway through the game, some of the CG sequences are like funny and stylish and well put together, and it's like, wow. If they had just cut out half the stuff, they would have been there. It's it's like some kind of a funeral bonfire of a video game, right? Yeah, it's a pyre. <laughs> the Dreamcast and the Saturn are on this pyre, and they're yes. just throwing scraps of stuff onto it. A, a sort of a game funeral for an aesthetic, for an era, for uh, a man's career, at least one man's career. He retired because of this. It's wild. I think because of all that, and if I can just... Uh, 
take one more opportunity to say just shame on anybody who uses social media. Just like <laughs> beating up on yeah. this game. I'm going to help it out by wishlisting it. That's how you help games, right? Yeah. Yeah, Yuji Naka is going to w- rise from his grave <laughs> because you <laughs> wishlisted it. What games set in the present day at their release have best retroactively become period pieces? Every Yakuza game, the end. <laughs> I'm playing Yakuza 5 right now, um, which is the longest and boringest one. That's the one people don't like, yeah. Like Snow Festival 2012 on there, and everybody's got still got vestiges of flip phones. It certainly rockets you back to a specific time of contemporariness. First one that my brain goes to, and I think this is going to be a lot of people, is Earthbound. And I do think it is sort of capturing a time where you used pay phones and had to get cash out of an ATM in order to make purchases. I mean, that that's a little bit quaint now. Uh, back in the 1800s when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out, that was pretty... Oh, yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, takes place in the 1900s. Oh, heck. Uh, 1903, I believe. Three years before the earthquake. The big one. Yeah, that's all they talk about in this game. It's like, I'm really scared for that earthquake. That's coming. That earthquake's yeah. coming in three years. Yeah. I hope my house doesn't go on fire. I hear the winds rumbling across the prairie about an earthquake. <laughs> What's coming a couple years from now? We don't need any earthquake proof and this town's gonna last forever. Horses are spooked again. Seems like a couple <laughs> few years gonna be an earthquake. Right, what, what other games take place in their time? Batman, the video game for the NES. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is your most treasured video game possession? There is a very odd entry in the Carmen Sandiego games where in North Dakota is Carmen Sandiego. Uh, go read all about it on GameHistory.org. We wrote up a big thing. Prize possession of mine is that, first of all, I, I finished that game. And upon beating the game, you get a certificate that you can print out, which I did. Long story short, ended up in Minot, North Dakota, talking to the teachers who worked on the game. I had every teacher sign that certificate. Oh, man. And then also they gifted to me a copy of the game that Bruderbund had sent them in 1989, signed by everyone at Bruderbund. Oh, wow. And I have in a frame, I have my certificate and that disc. And that is probably my most prized possession. But is that how you have to say that game company name? Because I was... Bruderbund. Bruderbund. That's weird. I guess I got to change my whole, my whole deal. On a previous episode... We discussed what the Quantic Dream Star Wars game is probably going to be like. How can we stop a major video game from ever being finished? French labor laws. You know, he's had some trouble with that. We could expose some more things and, and get the company. I think it's easier to poison everyone. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't think they should die. Well, again, this is not what would we do. It's how could we accomplish. Oh, how right? could we? So, I met David Cage once. Did I tell you guys this? What was that like? It was weird. It was apropos of the game uh, Detroit Become Human, and it was shortly after the uh, the stuff came up. And uh, uh, you know, as as the video guy, I attended to uh, watch a demo presentation of the game. And since we didn't really have another person in the in the video department, I did opt to invite the journalist who was investigating the stuff. Oh, hot darn. <laughs> it was very funny to bring the question up while David Cage was in the middle of a. Uh, a moving robot detective or whoever he is around on the screen and to have him just like completely ignore it <laughs> and then have the PR person uh, point out, you know, how shiny the desk surface was or whatever. <laughs> so those tactics won't work. Definitely and go with the poison. Yeah, the poison seems to be the way. That's the way. 
What is the seizing in your leg after you wake up that indicates you're about to experience a horribly painful leg cramp over the next 30 seconds of videos? <laughs> oh, man. I guess there's a lot of stuff like that. It's like when you uh, when you see like a big boss character clipping through the wall that you're about to open. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> there's a sword that's like twice the size of your body and it's poking through the, that door. You're like, oh. <laughs> How about... An opening cutscene that's just too in love with its own writing. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I was thinking about Celeste, like when you run out of stamina and your hair starts blinking, you slowly start sliding down the wall. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I guess another one that I could think of is when you're in a game that has glitched out and lost your save before, and then it's it like it stutters. Oh, uh, no. Yes. And you're well, like, oh man, some, something's going on. You very quickly are like, how do I? How can I save this right now before this all goes yeah. south? Custom soundtrack. In this segment, I give you a classic video game, and you have to replace the soundtrack with licensed music. This week, your game is Half Life Two. Dragula. Yeah, get a Nine Inch Nails soundtrack like Quake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get Trent up in there. Quake it up. Superman the movie soundtrack. <laughs> for Half-Life 2. Yeah. <laughs> As you're just shooting everybody. <laughs> pretty good. What video game would that not rule for? Like, seriously. That's what I think. I think there just shouldn't be any music. I don't know. Then we'll license the um, Halloween Spooky Sounds soundtrack. <laughs> and it'll just be someone going, eh, 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 and, and stirring a bubbling the 8, pot. 8,000 Creaking doors. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to stipulate that Monster Mash comes up occasionally, but it sounds like it's playing from very far away. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's yeah. like when you go into one of the rooms with the scientists or whatever, it'll be playing on one of their radios or something. It, oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. For my monster from his slab began to rise. And suddenly, to my surprise, he did the mash. He did the monster mash. The monster Insert Credit Show is a production of Insert Credit. This episode featured Alex Jaffe, Frank Zavaldi, Tim Rogers, Brandon Sheffield, Liz Ryerson, Ash Parrish, Heather Ann Campbell, Patrick Miller, Lottie May, Topher Doc Future Lawrence, Tyreek Plummer, Jim Stormdancer, Kazuma Hashimoto, John Linneman, Kelsey Lewin, Jeff Gerstman, Chris Remo, Matthew Kumar, Chris Graft, Vincent Diamante. Ian Ferguson, and Kathor Jensen. Edited by Esper Quinn. Original music by Kurt Feldman. Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett. Used without permission. Thanks for listening. Having fun. The party had just begun.